0: actually, no, it wasn't singing. The sound coming out of its beak was hoarse, desperate, as if it were crying for help. And every so often, still turning round and round, it stretched its neck rather unnaturally upwards, waving its beak back and forth, like an arm and a hand trying to place something at a higher point, but not managing to reach it. In a flash, Montalbano jumped down onto the beach and pulled up a step away from the bird. It showed no sign of even having seen him, but immediately its spinning motion became more uncertain and unsteady. Finally, after making a very shrill noise that sounded human, the bird staggered as the wing gave out from under it, and it collapsed to one side and died. It danced to its own death, the inspector thought, shaken by what he'd just seen. But he didn't want to leave the bird to the dogs and ants, Picking it up by the wings, he brought it to the veranda, then went into the kitchen to get a plastic bag. He put the bird in the bag and ballasted the package with two heavy stones he kept around the house as ornaments. then took off his shoes, trousers, and shirt, and went on to the beach in his underpants and into the water until it was up to his neck. Then he spun the bag over his head and hurled it as far out to sea as he could. When he went back into the house to dry himself off, he was livid with cold. To warm up, he made another pot of coffee and drank it scalding hot. As he was driving towards the Palermo airport at Punta Raisi, his thoughts returned to the seagull he'd seen dancing and dying. For no real reason, he'd always had the impression that birds were eternal, and whenever he happened to see a dead one, he felt mildly wonderstruck, as if he were looking at something that should never have happened. He was almost positive that the gull he'd watched die had not been shot. Almost positive, that is, because it was possible that it had been struck by a single pellet of birdshot that didn't draw a drop of blood but was enough to kill it. Did seagulls always die like that, performing that sort of heartbreaking dance? He couldn't get the image of its death out of his head. Entering the airport, he looked up at the electronic arrivals board and had the nice and predictable surprise that the flight was running over an hour late. How could you go wrong? Was there anything whatsoever in Italy that left or arrived at the scheduled time? The trains ran late, the planes did too, the ferries required the hand of God to put out to sea, the mail we won't even mention, the buses would actually get lost in traffic, public works projects were usually off by five to ten years. Any law whatsoever took years before it passed. Trials in the courts were backed up, and even television programs always started a good half hour after the scheduled time. Whenever Montalbano started to think about these things, his blood would boil, but he really didn't want to be in a bad mood when Livia arrived. He had to find some distraction to make the extra hour pass. The morning drive had whetted his appetite a little, strange, since he never ate any breakfast. He went into the airport bar where there was a line as long as at the post office on pension check days. At last, his turn came. A coffee and a Cornetto, please. No Cornetti. You're already out? No, the delivery's late today. We should have him in half an hour or so. Even the Cornetti ran late. He drank his coffee with a heavy heart, bought a newspaper, sat down, and began to read. All idle chatter and hot air. The government chattered, the opposition chattered, the church chattered, the manufacturers' association chattered, the trade unions chattered, and there was a welter of chatter about a famous couple who had split up, a photographer who had photographed something he wasn't supposed to, the richest, most powerful man in the country whose wife had written him a public letter chastising him for things he'd said to another woman, and endless chatter and natter about stonemasons falling like ripe pears from scaffolds. Illegal aliens drowning at sea, retirees with barely enough rags to cover their asses, and little children being raped. The papers chattered everywhere and always about every problem in existence, but always idly, without the chatter ever leading to any sort of understanding or concrete action. Montalbano decided then and there that Article I of the Italian Constitution needed to be revised to the following— Italy is a republic founded on drug dealing, systematic lateness, and useless chatter. Disgusted, he tossed the newspaper into a trash bin, stood up, went out of the airport, and fired up a cigarette. And he saw seagulls flying very near the shore. At once, the seagull he'd seen dance and die came back to him.